First-year students are often enrolled in survey and introductory courses that offer limited interactions with full-time faculty. In this episode, we discuss a model in which students have the opportunity to explore interesting and complex issues in a more intimate setting in their very first semester. Thanks for joining us for Tea for Teaching, an informal discussion of innovative and effective practices in teaching and learning. This podcast series is hosted by John Keane, an economist, and Rebecca Mushter, a graphic designer. Together, we run the Center for Excellence in Learning and Teaching at the State University of New York at Oswego. Our guests today are Maya Brown, an assistant professor of theater at SUNY Oswego, and Aisha Mamanovich, one of Maya's students. Welcome. Hello. Our teas today are? I actually am not drinking tea. I have coffee and water. (laughs) Okay. I'm drinking chocolate mint. It's a great experience. I definitely recommend. Yum. I think I'm leaning on my old favorite of English afternoon tea. And I have blackberry green tea. You both here today to discuss your first year signature course, Blackish Mirror. Maya, can you talk a little bit about the class? And then Aisha, maybe you can talk a little bit about your experience in the class? Of course. Absolutely. I was really excited when I heard about the opportunity to create a first year signature course. I'm on the task force for this new pilot program that we brought in here to SUNY Oswego. It was started by our provost, Scott Furlong, and Julie Pritzett, the dean of the School of Communication, Media, and the Arts, reached out to me as a potential professor for a course, as well as someone to sit on that task force to help develop this pilot program. The thing that really drew me to it was the opportunity to get in with brand new students to the university and help them discover how much Oswego can be their home and also discover who they are as individuals so that they can contribute to society in a positive and impactful way. When it was presented to us instructors, it was presented as an opportunity to teach students how to be students. But obviously, we don't want to condescend students, right, or make them feel like they just absolutely have no idea of what they're doing, what choice they made to come here. So we wanted to empower them through this course. And, you know, they say a spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. We thought, let's teach how to be a student through something that the instructors are really passionate about and something that students would potentially be really passionate about. And I always, as a theater instructor, am trying to focus on social justice issues through plays that I read and introduce in my courses. Also, I'm on the play reading task force here, so I'm contributing to the season that we choose at Oswego, and I'm constantly looking for content that speaks to social issues that we find in the community. I looked at this as an opportunity for me to incorporate some social justice issues specifically in relation to the African-American community in the classroom while also teaching students how to be successful in college. So I really wanted to focus on the evolution of the Black character on television. So in the course, we went all the way back to Ethel Waters, which is the very first African-American character that's seen on television. And what we were reflecting on was things like how much screen time are minority actors getting on television. Also, what kind of occupations are we seeing them in? What kinds of relationships are they engaging in? So we went all the way back from the 30s (laughs) to present day and 
I think the discoveries that we made in class were some really awesome discoveries. And we saw this trend in television where <laughs> it was really kind of kid gloves with the character and introducing this new kind of character to the general public. And then we saw the gloves come right off and we saw lots of in your face when we got to about the 1970s, the 80s, the 90s. Then we noticed this trend yeah. of kind of going away from taking the gloves off and putting them back on. And we thought that that was actually quite interesting. Mm -hmm. Kind of early 2000s is where we saw this character almost like regressing. Yeah, yeah, definitely getting whitewashed and regressing back to what we saw the originally, right? Mm -hmm. With what was appropriate, what was inappropriate content for these characters. It was a great opportunity for us to have open discussions about mm -hmm. what we were seeing, these trends we were seeing. And I think one of the major questions that I asked the class, you helped me with this, yeah. Aisha. Are the images that we see in the media influential in our thinking about a specific group of people? That was the major question we wanted mm -hmm. to answer over the course of the semester. And I think we all agreed. Yeah, we came to a conclusion. We definitely agree with that statement. And we got to see how the social norms were first ever made with the first ever character presented and then going into the gloves. And that whole aspect is really interesting to see that whole give and take aspect. Even I was shocked yeah. and surprised by this trend that we saw in the evolution of the character. I think when I came up with this concept in my mind, I thought that it would be this very clear upward trajectory, but I found that it was not. It was definitely this kind of roller coaster ride that we went on with some really great highs, mm -hmm. but also some really kind of low lows. And yeah, the most shocking thing was discovering that some of those low lows are occurring now and, mm -hmm. and in the most present time that we have. In this time where we think that we're so progressive right now and we've come such a long way since segregation and things like that, I don't know how far we have actually come when we reflect truthfully on society, the images we're seeing. We also ask things like, what's the responsibility of media to tell truthful stories to tell diverse stories, to uplift the community through their outlet. What is that responsibility? Is there a responsibility? Also with the creators. So we yeah. talked about that as well mm -hmm. with the directors. Should they be checking their biases because this is being presented to the community as a whole? We actually had a moment where we talked about modern day society. We talked about different things that are arising during Halloween and the whole cultural appropriation. Mm -hmm. And it was really exciting because we could see how the course was outlined, but there were definitely moments where we would stop and talk about real world applications, definitely reflecting what you were talking about, how it still matches society now. Mm -hmm. And it was just a whole experience that we all as a whole were learning together because this was like her first pilot having this class. And it was just a really over the board, genuine class. Yeah, thank you, mm -hmm. Aisha. I was yeah. hoping that that's what the students would get from it. So it's really great. And I knew that you did. Yeah. <laughs> but it's always great to hear that mm -hmm. reflected and see it reflected in what you're doing now. So one of the major components of this class is community mm -hmm. and making sure that the students feel a sense of home here at Oswego. We did a scavenger hunt yeah. in the very beginning in small groups so that they were able to get to know each yeah. other a little bit better before we dive into this really deep kind of content mm -hmm. and subject matter. And I think that was useful. Also, we had check-ins. We had regular check-ins. Yeah. During the semester, we'd talk about like our applications with that or in the sense like how you're linked to college and different relations with the dynamic of having a roommate, the dynamic of mm -hmm. coming from home. And it was just so interesting because we had this setup of the class. 
we were able to get into deeper content and not just say we're good we're having a good time this class is boring we actually had reflections on how we feel emotionally and how we feel like biased in the sense and it was just a really great experience it was also nice too they had an opportunity to reflect on how's it going in the dorm what are maybe Mm -hmm. some things that you could do what are Mm -hmm. some problem solving skills that you could develop and we just shared openly so it was great to hear these varying opinions on how to address situations and people would say oh i never even thought about Mm -hmm. that i'm gonna try that next time so they were teaching each other as well as me teaching them as well as them teaching me so it sounds like you had a really authentic experience and around some really tough issues, both mm-hmm. personal issues of that transition to college, but also about some really interesting questions around race, which is never an easy conversation to have, really. So how do you each think that the class was set up that really supported the ability to have those authentic, deep, real conversations that everyone felt trusted and safe? Yeah, I think that's a really great question. And I do this in all of my classes. I really try to set it up in the beginning. I let them know that, hey, I was once in your seat and I am an advocate for you. I am an ally for you. And this is a safe place. So I really try to reinforce that through my actions and I model that behavior in the classroom. Would you agree, mm-hmm. Aisha? I feel like Maya is definitely one of those professors that actually care and have such this in-depth interest in how you're going as a person. She was always easy to find outside the classroom or have independent conversations if the content was affecting their lives. It was just so interesting to have that bond with her because she is a director. So sometimes students don't always have that connection. So I definitely see her as such a genuine, authentic person. It really reflected in the course. Yeah, I think it's really important. If you are transparent with the students, then they will buy in, (laughs) you know? I mean, and honestly, there's nothing to buy into. It's just more of they're comfortable Mm -hmm. and they're confident that they can be who they are because they see you being who you are. It is empowering. I think we're definitely lucky that our class was 19 people and we had such a diverse group. In the first day, we had a discussion. We went around the room saying, why did you take this course? And it was so interesting seeing everyone be so raw because you never get asked that question like, why are you in this gen ed? But this course was so different because no one expected it to be so in-depth and be such a good scan of society. And I always said when I came to this course, I was like that general expectation of college. like, I'm in college now. I'll talk about politics and this whole <laughs> aspect. I was like, this is this course. And I think it was great that everyone was so diverse and so willing to be open. And we all came to class, our favorite class. We also sat in a circle. It was really important to me for us to sit in a circle and typically in a lecture style course, that's not the way we handle things. However, in theater courses, we are constantly in circles. Mm -hmm. So I think I took that for granted because it's just the nature of what I do. But once I incorporated it in this course, I realized how powerful it is to be in a circle. And not only would the students sit in a circle, but I would join the circle as Mm -hmm. well. I think it's very important that they saw me as someone who was a part of the whole not someone who Mm -hmm. was this outside force who was like regulating what they were Mm -hmm. doing, but as someone who was engaging with them. So Mm -hmm. in order to do that, I sat in the circle with them as well. And this idea of the circle, it allowed us to have eye contact. There was definitely more unity that Mm -hmm. was already just, it's implicit in this format. Also, and I didn't realize that this was happening at the time. I'm not sure if you realize this, but Jen Knapp, our associate dean, She came in and she observed the course. And one of her reflections that I was like, oh, wow, I totally take that for granted. I didn't even think about that was how we were able to have this civil discourse in class. And she noticed that students always said their names when they were referring to what someone else in the course said. If they were reflecting on or responding to something that Aisha said, they would say, oh, well, 
when Aisha said this thing and that was commonplace in the classroom. Did you even notice that? It's not something we planned. It just organically happened. We never said like, okay, if we talk to someone, make sure you say Tom. It just happened. And I always say this course, I actually made friends in this course. After I see a lot of them, we've been in shows together or in general, we say hi. And I've never had a course, especially not a gen ed, that you're like, oh, there's Michael Oldway in the back. It's like, oh, I know his beliefs. I know his values. And it was just so exciting having that circle because you could hear and see everyone's voice. You could see the distinction. And it was just really great having that connection with different students because everyone had different opinions on different topics. So I think that was definitely a strength of the course. I actually was really concerned with whether we would be able to have a civil discourse (laughs) on these kinds of topics. And I was so impressed with the class Mm -hmm. because there were definitely some differences in opinions and some very strong conflicts that happened in the course, but they handled them very well. It was always respectful Mm -hmm. and there was always an acknowledgement of the other and their Mm -hmm. perspective. And then just a, yeah, but I think, and the reason why is because of my experiences. And we all were open to listening to each other in a way that I've not seen in a classroom before. Did you have a class discussion on ground rules for the discussion before the discussions commenced? We did, but it was really brief, honestly. It was like, respect each other. This is a free space. It's very comfortable. That kind of general basis. But I think it happened naturally because Mm -hmm. once a professor sets the tone, you kind of realize what the course can be, what's appropriate. And I always say there's some professors who just teach by the book. They don't really look at the subject material. But I feel like Maya was always ever changing. Always you could tell she had her heart in the class. She always tells her own experiences with the episodes she chose or next semester she's going to take this episode out. And I think it was really genuine having that reflection with the teacher and having her have her own opinions in there, too. It was just really ongoing. I think it's important that students understand Mm -hmm. that professors are not infallible. And it's important for professors to present that as well. And again, just be transparent. But if they understand that their opinions matter, which is what I made sure I implemented from day one, then I think they feel more free to voice their opinions. Did it help that you were looking at this through the lens of fictional media? rather than dealing with circumstances that people were directly involved in? I think so. I think it creates a sense of distance that makes Mm -hmm. it a little easier to approach. Yeah. But with all of that subject matter, even though it was fictional, it's all based in reality due to the nature of it. And so everyone could relate in some way or form to at least one character in Mm -hmm. each episode. And it's like, oh, I know that girl. Or, oh, that was me. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was also a great experience because while we had media, we also had our own personal reflections. So it was like a mix. The episode set the tone so it wouldn't be anything too touching, nothing like triggering that we have to like vocally say our experience first. And then after naturally people would speak up. And it got to a point that in the semester we'd all raise our hands and we'd all want to talk at the same time because we were just so into it and really involved. And it always felt comfortable to just talk in that class about whatever the subject material was. And if for some reason an opposing idea didn't come up, I would play devil's Mm -hmm. advocate. And I really find it important that students are able to form some kind of sense of empathy so that they can Mm -hmm. put themselves in someone else's shoes, see it from someone else's perspective. And I always say, listen for understanding, not Mm -hmm. to rebut. So I think they really absorbed all of those lessons and they use them really well in the class. You mentioned that people came in with some strong opinions. Did you see those opinions evolve in response to the dialogue? Yes, actually. I did. Yeah, that happened a lot. Yeah, people would vocally say, like, I never thought about that before. Okay, you're right. Or they would say, that's not my personal view, but I understand where you're coming from now. 
and it was just great because there's not many times people would take themselves out of that out-of-body experience and listen to the other end so it was just a really good experience going through that yeah i agree we just was re-listening to an episode of freakonomics about where great ideas come from and they were talking about some research related to dissonance or people that disagree and that when you have a room where someone feels comfortable enough to disagree the ideas and the depth of a conversation or a deliberation like in a jury considers much more evidence. And so I think that's kind of interesting. If you were playing devil's advocate, if no one had brought up a different point of view and you brought it up, then that was always present in your classroom. So I wonder if that helped the conversation evolve. I think it absolutely Mm -hmm. helped. It did. Yes. It was like throwing a wrench in. It was so exciting. Yeah. (laughs) And then they had to deal with it, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of just everybody could pile on they had to actually deal with the opposing side of things. And we couldn't just ignore it because we all felt the same way. Yeah, I feel like a whole theme of the class was once an opinion is said, you can't ignore it. You have to have reaction to it. It just happened naturally. But it's the whole experience of listening to other people and always valuing everyone's input, which is such an interesting thing. Because in modern society now, I feel like people just talk over each other or don't really have that time to think about actually what's going on. So I think it was great having everyone's voice heard in that class. So a key learning point was listening? Yes. <laughs> Active listening, Active right? Active listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very clear that listening is not just you hear it, yeah, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you hear it, you process it, you form an opinion on it. So actively listening to the other, again, for understanding and not just so that you can rebut or prove them wrong or something, but to actually get in their shoes and see it from their point of view mm-hmm. so that it can maybe soften your heart a little bit or expose you to something brand new that you had absolutely no idea about. And that's why I think the diversity in the class was something that really helped as well. I do wish we would have had more diversity of gender. It was a pretty female-heavy course. And there were no non-binary students in the class Mm -hmm. either. So maybe a little more diversity in that area would be nice so that we could address some of those topics, topics as well. Yeah. We had a lot of different majors because it was a Jenna course. There wasn't any one that was all theater or anything in that sense. And I think it definitely served its purpose. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to teach it again next fall. What will you do differently? I feel like I might have missed the boat a little bit on the opportunity to introduce some time management skills. We did a little bit of that, yeah. but I think we could have done a lot more. So I would incorporate more of that. But the biggest change that I have for this next fall coming up is I'm going to have a TA, which I'm really excited about. Yeah. So I recruited someone from the course to assist. I'm actually going to call her a peer mentor instead of a a teaching assistant. But I think to have that element of someone who's sat in that exact same seat and not too long ago will really be helpful for the students. Even though I'm pretty good at getting students to feel comfortable with me and open up to me and use me as a resource for absolutely anything, I feel like it is easier for you to talk to someone your own age Mm -hmm. who has a more recent and current experience with the class, the subject matter, the transition into the university. So having that peer mentor component, I think is going to really enhance the course. And I'm excited about that. Yeah, I also feel like you mentioned resources. This course was really heavy in depth with resources on campus. She taught us Blackboard. I never knew about that. That was so in-depth learning about that because we had our first journal that was due. And we had journals with personal reflections in them. And also we had this whole experience going to the writing center, your reflection. One of them was going to the involvement fair, having extra credit if you go to these certain musicals or different productions. It was just really great having that full over-the-board experience because I feel like I've never had a course tell me the resources on campus, but this one did. And it was really good for freshmen. 
Yeah, I think the scavenger hunt really helped with that, would you say? Mm -hmm. So I sent them to places like the Women's Center, the Library, the Writing Center, literally just everywhere on campus you could think of that has a support component to Mm -hmm. it for the students. I made sure that they went to those places just so that they knew there are so many resources Mm -hmm. on campus. I remember when I was a freshman, first semester, I was just completely overwhelmed. Like, what Mm -hmm. is this new world? Because university, it's very much of a bubble of its own Mm -hmm. world. And the rules are totally different than what we're accustomed to from high school. They're also different than what you'll experience in the real world. Just to let you know. You know, how do I navigate through this? Unless you choose to stay. That's true. Which many of us have done. (laughs) Yeah. But just introducing them to all of the awesome opportunities Mm -hmm. here. And I'm so proud to see them take advantage of those opportunities beyond the classroom. Aisha was just in the main stage production of Fun Home home. that we did here. She also is in directing scenes. She did them last semester. She's also doing them this semester. Mm -hmm. Another one of our students was in Fun Home from that course. Two of the students from that course actually traveled with me to London. So they really are getting exposed to the university and these great resources and opportunities that we have here in a way that they wouldn't have been exposed had they not yeah. taken this course. Just in general, I see them involved in different things. One of them is my psych class. And I just think it's so exciting having that connection because it's not like a regular class. So you just had calm. It's like you actually had to hear each other. So it's like these are my friends, even if we weren't close. You just know who they are as people. Maya, can you talk a little bit about what you learned teaching this course that you're applying in some of your other courses? Yes, absolutely. The major change (laughs) that I'm making in my other courses is to the syllabus. I've learned how important a tool it is. I think before I just kind of looked at it as a necessary evil or something. (laughs) And the style of my syllabus was Mm -hmm. totally archaic. I mean, it was literally nothing but words, white piece of paper with black words on it. There's nothing. But now for this one, I actually incorporated pictures. There's color. I used a graph Mm -hmm. to do the grading breakdown. So for my rubric before, it was just columns and these are the assignments. These are the points that are allotted. This is what you need to get. But this time I used color and I put it in a pie graph and I tried to state things as questions. And I added a lot more personality to the syllabus than I ever had before. Before it was just pure facts. This is what you need to do for this. But this time I engaged it in question formatting so that they would have to think about things that were on the syllabus versus, oh, this is a bunch of information. I hear it all on the first day. I forget about it. I don't ever look at Mm -hmm. it again. But it was an actual tool that they were able to use in class. And I placed things on there, like little tips for success in the classroom that they could apply to any class, Mm -hmm. not just this class. And so hopefully they could use it in their other other classes. classes. Mm -hmm. I also had a form that we used that kind of guided them when they did their reflections on the shows that we watched in class. Mm -hmm. And I heard from an advisor that one of my students shared it with them and said, I'm using this in my other courses. So that made me say, oh, I've got to use it in my other courses. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So definitely changing the syllabus to make it a little more welcoming, opening, add a little more of my personality to Mm -hmm. it, adding some colors, some pictures, some visuals, So that it's exciting. It should excite them instead of make them feel like, oh, here's another syllabus. Recycle this thing. (laughs) (laughs) That was our one requirement to have the syllabus on us. And the first day we went through the whole syllabus and she was teaching us, this is what a college syllabus is. And these are the dates. And it was actually so useful because in high school, you have a syllabus that doesn't mean anything. But in college, it's like, yes, this date, that's your paper, no changing. 
but this one obviously was ongoing. But it was just really exciting having to learn that tool in the course because as freshmen, you don't really realize how important it is. And it was just really great seeing those tips, reflecting on it. And I think that's something that definitely taught me the importance of a syllabus. Another thing, Rebecca, you will be excited about this. I'm going to work on this this summer is making my syllabi accessible. <laughs> Big smiles on my side. I know. I knew you would love it. Now, I'm going to come to you for assistance with that as well, because I'm not well-versed in how to do that. But I think it is absolutely necessary. And that's the next steps that I would like to take with all of my classes. Thumbs up. <laughs> Aisha, can you talk a little bit about what you got from the course that you're using in your other classes? I definitely understand the whole perspective of hearing everyone's voice and definitely seeing the other side to any issue, any conflict. I think that's definitely useful in the real world and in general, any communication you ever have with any other person. And I think definitely getting involved. Not many courses tell you, these are the resources, please go to them. And I think this course, like Maya was saying, definitely gave us all the foot in the right direction and made us all student leaders in a way and confidence. I think it definitely made us feel comfortable talking and feel comfortable with our values, our morals. And I think it's definitely something that has taught us growing up in maturity, I feel like personally. And of course, tools in my other classes like Blackboard and the Writing Center. Another element of the entire program, the pilot program, was that we do attend these outside of class activities. And so some professors and I got together. These other professors were also teaching first year signature courses. And we thought, okay, how can we combine our courses in one single event? So we had the Luke Cage event. Do you remember that yes, one? Yes, I went. I had a free t-shirt. It was great. <laughs> yeah, it was really great. That was Allison Rank, Jessica Rear, Margaret Schmuel, Amy Bidwell. We all got together and we were like, okay, how can we incorporate social mm -hmm. justice and the black character on television and comic books from yours and gender identity from yours and health from yours? And so we came up with a viewing of an episode of Luke Cage and then a talk back afterwards. And the students in my yeah. class all reflected on the event and said, we felt so prepared for it. What I noticed is that my students were the ones who were the most engaged in that talk back. And I think it is because it was a very mm -hmm. similar format to our class. So they felt empowered. But what was really awesome is that through them speaking up so freely and confidently, other you people. literally saw it trickle off to other mm -hmm. people and other students within that mm -hmm. audience. And they all started to feel empowered to speak up and quite confident to do so. And it was really a great event and an awesome opportunity for me as a faculty member to engage with other faculty members from other departments that I would never typically get a chance to do something like this. And also for the students to engage with other faculty members from other departments, especially at this young time in their careers here at Oswego, they were introduced to some faculty who now it's like, oh, well, Allison Rank is awesome. Yeah. I think I'm going to take a class mm -hmm. with her. So it was a really great opportunity for us to introduce these students to some of the other opportunities on campus outside of theater and outside of these resource and support services, but also these academic opportunities that mm -hmm. they could have with fellow faculty members. I really appreciated that we were able to do that and we'll do much more of that in mm -hmm. the future. It was actually pretty funny. I sat next to this girl who's in one of the other courses and she was like, oh my God, I don't know how to do this. I have to do a paper for this course with what we're doing reflection on. And I was like, my professor, she's right up there. And I was like, should we do this all the time? And she's like, that's your professor? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, wow, like, that seems like a great course. And we were just having this whole discussion. And I sat a little bit away from my class so I could see all of them. 
And I was like, yeah, all those people talking like the second row, that's my whole class. And I actually saw it trickle down to everyone else. And in the event, we also had trail mix being passed around for the health and wellness. And there was on it how you can make this trail mix in the dining hall and how accessible it would be. And it was just such a good experience. You could just tell everyone was like genuinely involved. It was so authentic and really just a good experience all around. Yeah, that was Amy Bidwell. She's like, okay, how do I use my nutrition course (laughs) (laughs) in relation to this Luke Cage thing? And she had that idea of, oh, we can provide a healthy snack. And it was a great opportunity to teach the students how you yourself can go make this healthy snack just right here in your residence hall. It also saved on the budget, too. It did. (laughs) (laughs) I just know that personally in my own life, I always talk about this course and I tell everyone. And all the theater students come up to me and they're like, I really want to take that class with Maya. It sounds great. And this is my first ever experience with Maya. I never had a theater course with her. It was just this. So I think my experience with her was so different than other theater students because I saw her more discussion-wise and more about like her own values. So it was such a good experience to see a professor like that. And also my regular students that I tell this course about, they're always like, that's a great course. God, I wish I was a freshman so I could take that course. So I would love to one day see it open to everyone. But I also think it's a really good application for a freshman. It does its job. Yeah, I actually had lots mm-hmm. of students who were like, hey, I want to get in that course, that Blackish Mirror course that I heard about. And I'm like, oh, sorry. Freshman. <laughs> Only first semester freshman, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I think is a necessary part of that formatting because of what it is exactly that we would like yeah, them the, to leave the course with, what the course, course objectives. objectives are. I also, I just heard a student say course objectives. Maya Brown taught me. That's why I know what <laughs> course objectives are. Yes, Julie and Scott will love that. <laughs> But see, I think those are the things that you take for granted, that are they actually absorbing these kinds of things? So using that first semester to make it very clear and very plain to them, the importance Mm -hmm. of those things is changing for your experience in university. Yeah, when I took this course on the first day when it said, why are you in this course? I had a friend in the theater department recommend like, oh, I was like, do you know anything about this course? I'm just a freshman. And they were like, Maya Brown's teaching that course? And I was like, yeah, they're like, I didn't know she had that course. She's an amazing teacher. Take anything Maya Brown has. And I just remember being able to say like, yeah, this is a great experience. I don't know what she's like in other classes, but this one was a great experience. Always recommend. So I think it's just nice having such a beloved and caring teacher teach this course because it makes a whole welcomed and friendly setting in it. I think that's an absolute necessity in Mm -hmm. whichever faculty member is teaching. They must have a passion for it. We actually initially started calling this program passion courses in the beginning, but then it was like, "Mm, I don't know. I don't know if that's appropriate. Let's maybe go away from that. But it is true that you have to have a passion for the subject matter Mm -hmm. and you have to have a passion for reaching young people and helping them to discover who Mm -hmm. they are as people so that they can optimize their potential and then Mm -hmm. give back to society. If you're not interested in doing that, you're just interested in the subject matter, you're probably not the right person to teach this kind of course. I think you definitely have to have a full investment in the student Mm -hmm. as a person, not just as a student in your course. Can I help them discover who they are? It was a really good experience because while she does theater, she was also involved in everyone else also. There were students that were like, oh, I'm doing this. I'm doing a civil service trip or I just got involved in this position on campus. And she'd be like, oh my God, tell me more about it. That sounds great. It was never just like a focus on the theater driven students. It was always focused on everything all across the board. Just really inspirational and just really supportive. And I think we can all relate that Maya was our like mom and 
like support system <laughs> on campus when he came here. No other presser cares about what you're doing on campus or how's your dorm life. She always cared. Oh, thank mm-hmm. you. They made it easy, though. I mean, I just loved We're this so class. Lovable, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And I think if all freshmen could have this kind of experience Mm -hmm. coming in, it just will increase their chances of graduating, of being successful at the university level, and then taking it beyond Mm -hmm. university. Student leaders, that whole aspect. I do have an idea for a new course as well, which my rough working title is Revenge of the American Pie. And for this one, I would like to do a survey of films, specifically 80s, 90s, and early 2000s, and the way they are approaching some issues and relationships and what's appropriate, how that is affecting society. And we're seeing the results of it now with the Me Too movement. Women feel like they have to protect themselves and they Mm -hmm. have to dress a certain way. They're taught these things based off of what they see in media. Mm -hmm. It's your fault if something happens to you, Mm -hmm. right? How sexualized they are. And then men are kind of empowered to or emboldened to feel like they can do whatever they want with a woman Mm -hmm. because of some of these films that we saw early on. And I call Mm -hmm. it Revenge of the American Pie because Revenge of the Nerds and American Pie kind of inspired Mm -hmm. this look and this survey. So I always try to do a little play on words with the titles, (laughs) but I really feel like we're seeing the results now of those harmful images that we saw in films from the 80s and 90s and early 2000s. We're seeing the results and the effects of those images and that messaging that was in some of those movies. We're seeing that now. Again, this Me Too movement error. And I think it's important that we address that. And we have to address it with young, impressionable minds because that's where the change happens. This is why I thought Blackish Mirror was so important and why I would love to, maybe in the future, the revenge of the American Mm -hmm. pie. I definitely think that's really important because a lot of people notice like the 80s, 90s, mid-2000s, they were very raunchy. And modern day is very PC and everyone's like, oh, I don't get it. Like back then it was appropriate. And it's like the question is, was it appropriate or was it too much? People don't ever know the line also what I would love to say about Blackish Mirror was that we never just focused on the black minority. We focused on everything. One of the things we said right off the bat was, you know, you can always notice sexism. You can always notice anything in there, any kind of bias, any kind of minority. Feel comfortable to talk about it. And definitely like the African-American, everything, a whole sense was a big focus. But we're always open to anything we want to discuss. Always like social norms and social constructs. I definitely feel like this course was over the board, just inclusive. Yeah, there were several things that we picked up on that were social thinking issues. There was a episode of Benson that we watched. Is that the one you're thinking (laughs) about? And there was lots going on Mm -hmm. there with gender inequality, also with some immigration issues Mm -hmm. that came up. And Blackish Mirror, we used it as this opening to -hmm. discuss any biases that Mm -hmm. we saw or social injustices Mm -hmm. that were present and how we could reflect on them today. And it was not just, can you identify these things and can we reflect on these things? We took it further and said, what can you do about Mm -hmm. these things to impact society? So the final project was a public service announcement. They had small groups and they identified issues from the episodes that we viewed and discussed throughout the semester. And they then had to choose something as a group that they wanted to address and create a public service announcement to hopefully inspire some change towards that issue. And how do you think that assignment went? It was so interesting because we had to get cameras from the library. And a lot of us are not media majors, not cinema. So we were just like, how do you wear a camera? Is she like for real? 
And it was just such a cool experience because the product and results were actually really good. They were great content. We watched them in class and it was just really interesting where everyone took it and how we didn't choose our groups. We were put into the groups. So it was like universal thought. It wasn't one person was the leader. Or you had your friends being, I'm interested in this. So are you? This is our group. We had to sit there and kind of spitball and talk about like, what do we collectively want? And that was just a great experience having. And I think it was appropriately challenged. It was definitely something that is intimidating at first. And then you do and you're like, this is doable. This was really great. I think that's what university is. It's intimidating at first, but then once you get into it, it's like, I can do this. I can totally handle this. I think that that's like the broader message that they Mm -hmm. were able to leave the course with is, yes, it might be difficult, but there are support systems. Reach out, be confident, and Mm -hmm. also allow yourself to make mistakes. No one's perfect. So allow yourself to make some mistakes and understand that you're not alone in this. I think Mm -hmm. that's another thing that was helpful with all of the group work. Nearly everything we did was group work. Yeah. And also something that I remembered a student said was, once you have this course, I can never look at media the same. It rewires your brain, your thought to look at it as like a whole inclusive thing. Because while we would look at the episode and expect a minority, then we would notice different things of sexism, etc. in it that we would never even pick up on naturally before this course. And I feel like it really helps open your mind and just make you better human beings. We always end with a question. What are you doing next? You've already addressed some of this, but what are some of your next projects for each of you? Well, I am actually going to the University of Michigan for the Fredrickson Intensive on rapier dagger training. I'm prepping for next season. I'm directing She Kills Monsters, which is this excellent play about this girl who finds herself in a position where in order to get to know her little sister, who unfortunately passed away, she plays her D&D module, her Dungeons and Dragons module. So she meets her sister in this D&D world. They Mm -hmm. fight all these monsters, they bond, and it's this really great look at grief and how we can overcome it. Personally, for me, I'm really involved on campus. I'm hoping to be a summer RA this summer. And also, I am really involved in the civil service trips. I did one for Alabama, and I built a house in Alabama for spring break, and I'm really getting involved and would love to do another one. So I'm planning that. And in general, I'm just doing all these different aspects that I am involved in on campus and just having this whole touch on campus life. So I really love that whole aspect. Great. Thank you for joining us. This was a fun conversation, and I'm looking forward to hearing about more iterations of the course in the future. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast service. To continue the conversation, join us on our Tea for Teaching Facebook page. You can find show notes, transcripts, and other materials on teafortteaching.com. Music by Michael Gary Brewer.